to your point, you have to provide that training and, and it has to be consistent. And I think that's the most important part. You can't just dibble and dabble in it. You have to be consistent with that message that you genuinely love and care for your employees and your colleagues. And I think that comes across with how they treat your members and how they do their job and task at hand. Welcome to another episode of CU Lead, sponsored by NetGiver, the app and platform that enables donors and nonprofits to give and receive on a no-fee basis. On this podcast, we feature credit union industry executives and the impacts they make to communities everywhere. I'm Glenn Frechette, and today I am joined by Dan Berger, President and CEO of NAFQ, which is the National Association of Federally Insured Credit Unions. Dan, you win. You have a way cooler podcast booth than I do. I appreciate it, Glenn. It's always great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, listen, I have something for you today. You and I share something in common, but I'm going to admit, I don't always drink from my Seminoles cup, uh, but today... I'm going to during our podcast. And I appreciate it. As a, as a fellow Seminole, I, I love that. Well, I also consider myself a fairly smart man. And in order to keep harmony in the house, this one is never too far away. And if you can see that, that's a Gators cup. Yeah, I, I too married a, a Gator. My my wife is a former Gator cheerleader, so we don't we don't talk much around Thanksgiving when the Gators and Knowles play. Okay, well, I have to ask you: Did you get an opportunity to go to the game this past year in Tallahassee? No, I did not. But I, I watched it in a different room than my wife. <laughs> we don't watch games together, so. <laughs> Uh, that's too funny. Well, I do recall the fact uh, that you are absolutely a family man. And, and as I understand it, you're also a Harley guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little sunburnt here. I rode my Harley on Saturday, but uh, I love to ride my motorcycle any opportunity I can. Okay, so uh, riding your motorcycle up in the D.C. area? Um, no, I don't ride anywhere near D.C. It's too dangerous. So I usually uh, ride out west through the Shenandoah Valley, the, the horse country and the wine country uh, out west and then the foothills and the mountains of Virginia. Okay. Well, I know it's just starting to get pretty. Uh, springtime is trying to break through. Yes, it is. The weather this past weekend was uh, terrific. It was low 60s, sunny, bluebird days, and uh, got on my bike and went for a ride Saturday and Sunday. Oh, amazing. Amazing. You may recall that I now reside in Denver, Colorado, so we're, we're not quite ready for spring. Uh, we're still on the mountain putting in some ski days. Yeah, there's, you still have some snow coming your way, too. Some of the storms coming from California and in Nevada, right? You can never get too excited. You'll get a glimpse in early March of what feels like goodness outside, spring to come, and then March is actually our snowiest month, so I know better. <laughs> it'll come soon enough yes sir all right so you and i obviously know one another but for our listeners they may not what i'd love for you to start off talking us talking to us about is just your own credit union journey uh and really how you got to where you're sitting today please elaborate dan 
Well, I've been a credit union member since I was nine years old. Uh, I grew up in Gainesville, Florida. My father was a professor at the University of Florida, so we all did our banking at, at the local credit union at the time, which was the University of Florida Credit Union, which is now campus uh, credit union in, in Gainesville, Florida. Still a member of that credit union. Uh, that credit union gave me my very first auto loan when I was 16 years old. And so I've had a relationship uh, with my credit unions since that time. Uh, always been a lobbyist in financial services, whether it's insurance, real estate, community banks, and then 17 years here at NAFQ. So uh, I was the head lobbyist for seven years before uh, the board appointed me CEO, and it's going on 10 years. So it's uh, I've been associated with the credit union industry just about my entire life. I knew you had that special anniversary coming up. Uh, your staff did not want me to let you know about the surprise party that's happening on Wednesday. So I'm going to tell you it's happening on Tuesday, and therefore you'll be surprised on Wednesday. Well, congratulations. A decade in that book, uh, it's, uh, that's, that's a remarkable accomplishment. No, it's been great. And uh, I had the best job in all of Washington, D.C., and, and it starts with, uh, honestly, the leadership of my board of directors, uh, incredible staff. My colleagues are absolutely fantastic throughout the building. And, and just to lobby for this industry is, is remarkable. Uh, we are the White Hats of financial services, so I can't wait to get to the office every day. Uh, I, I'm genuinely blessed. Well, there have to have been a few moments of pride over the course of the past decade. Uh, care to share some of those highlights? Well, I, I think a lot of it, uh, the management team at NAFQ, we worked really hard on culture. And, and we really kind of went back and looked at everything we do at NAFQ. There, there was something like 167 products and services and things that we do in NAFQ, and we kind of stripped it down. And now we do just three things. We focus on advocacy, we focus on compliance assistance, and we do education and training. And that's it. If it doesn't fall in those three buckets, we just don't do it anymore. So we just eliminated all that noise that trade associations oftentimes, and I'm sure you've heard it before, Glenn, that trade associations oftentimes try to be all things to all people here, here in Washington, D.C., and we just stripped it down. You know, our job one is advocacy, and then the support is compliance assistance and the educa education and training and certification uh, that the folks need. But that's what we do. And I'm very proud of that focus. Um, and it was really demanded by the, the members. I, I flew around the country and I was appointed CEO asking them, what do you want your trade association to look like? And 99.9% .9 of everybody said advocacy. And then everything else, so we just stripped everything down. Um, but really proud of the culture. We, we worked extremely hard on our culture. We're far from perfect, but we worked at it literally every single day. Um, everything from top to bottom, you know, whether it's bringing in taco trucks on a Tuesday or having a, an event to, to celebrate uh, small wins and even big wins that we have at NAFQ. Um, but we focus hard on the culture. And we, we genuinely believe uh, staff, or my colleagues, are our most valuable asset at, at NAFQ, period. So when I take care of staff, I take care of my colleagues. They, in turn, do an extraordinary job taking care of our membership. So let's delve a couple inches deeper there. We firmly believe that communities everywhere are the beneficiaries of a great culture and a great staff. And that comes from people development. So you're talking a lot about what you had to do to refine the organization and get hyper-focused on three distinct areas. 
But as I think about people development, sometimes the, the job at hand to really cultivate budding talent gets lost because we have work to go and do. That's a delicate balance that happens. Sure, the work has to be done, but I never want to neglect the people who follow me and the people who uh, I'm proud to say work for me. Talk to us about your philosophy there. Um, we we spend a considerable amount of time and, and, and some resources uh, with training. And it's not just for you to become a better NAFQ employee, but it'll provide you a better quality of life. You become a better person, uh, whether it's for working at NAFQ or for your next job in, in, in your career. Uh, I'm a firm believer to get, get as much training as possible for folks. But I think it starts in the very beginning. It's the hiring process is where it all begins. And we really focus hiring on, on attitude. You really have to find those folks with a passion uh, for service, with a passion for the credit union industry, but just a really good attitude. We know all those people that are out there. You can pay them a million dollars a year. Uh, you can give them as much coaching and training as possible. They're just always going to be grumpy. You just know who those folks are, and there's just not a thing you can do about it. So we work really hard on the front end, get that attitude in there. But we provide training throughout the year. Uh, we do it on a division deba- uh, basis or department basis. We do it company-wide, and we do all staff meetings in person. And uh, we work really hard on that culture. But uh, to your point, you have to provide that training, and, and, and it has to be consistent. And I think that's the most important part. You can't just dibble and dabble in it. You have to be consistent with that message that you genuinely love and care for your employees and your colleagues. And I think that comes across with how they treat your members and how they do their job and task at hand. You know, Dan, we have a tendency to gravitate on this podcast and frankly within the industry towards great human beings. Uh, I'm very proud, like you, to come to work every day and know that I associate myself uh, with, with great individuals. How? Yeah, ac- it, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, how accountable do you hold the leaders and those that are part of your organization to be a part of the community? and to give back in ways that maybe are not consistent with how big public companies uh, treat their own culture. Yeah, we we do a couple things here from a community standpoint at NAFQ. Uh, First and foremost is the Children's Miracle Network. We're we're very heavily volunteer. We volunteer for the Cherry Blossom, the credit union run every year. Um, but we also do Habitat for Humanity. So a couple of times a year, we're, we're part of a build. And, and so we're giving back to our community, helping those unfortunate get into their, their own their own home. And uh, it's, it's one of the more rewarding things based on the employee surveys that we've done, that they really enjoy that giving back. And so the, these folks are getting up at 4, 4.30 in the morning to go volunteer for the Cherry Blossom Run that benefits the Children's Miracle Network. And they come in here and they show the videos of where the money that they raise is going to uh, help these uh, kids with their health care costs in the, in the hospitals around the country, not just in the D.C. area, but then also to help build a home uh, for a young family in our community. It's, uh, it's really rewarding across the company. Okay, well, the fact that you said you're a Harley rider, I got to put you on the spot. Are you running in this race personally, or are you giving out water along the ride on your Harley? I, I, I wish I would allow, they would allow me to ride my Harley. They usually have people with cameras on the back of Harleys, and they're filming it for like ESPN and all that kind of stuff that's going on. I wish they'd let me do that. They have not done that yet. But I'll be with my board chair 
uh, at the start finish line for the, you know, the photo ops that go on uh, for our contributions to, to the effort. All right. Fair enough. Um, you didn't mention, although I, I peeked at your site and I know a lot about you and I've seen your biography, your organization, you give a lot, frankly, to the veterans. Uh, and, yes. and, you, and you spend a considerable amount of time making certain that community is well served. We care to share any more on that? Yeah, we, we work closely uh, with DCUC, the Defense Credit Union Council, and we have a lot of military and defense-related credit unions. But we also have a lot of, you know, as you know, veterans that make up the uh, credit union membership across our country. And so we've done things with, you know, Folds of Honor. We've done, uh, you know, uh, Project, uh, forgot, I'm, I'm blanking on a couple of them, but we're, we're involved in several veterans groups. And we not just give money, but we also volunteer time for a lot of these uh events that go on across our country, but mostly in this region. Yeah, that's awesome. You're right in the epicenter of it all, no doubt. So you certainly have a bird's eye view as to what's happening uh, with our veterans. So Dan, I know you're a busy man, and I want to close with something that I hope is very meaningful and personal to you. Uh, You've been speaking on behalf of NAFCU, uh, not to say that your professional life and personal life are distant cousins by any stretch. Uh, I know you need a whole life, but but I want to learn about a nonprofit organization that is personal for your family and give you a chance to plug that organization so that all of our listeners uh, will get a chance to research them as well. Well, as a family, we're very involved in the conservation efforts, especially down in the Florida Keys. Uh, I'm on the board of the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. My daughter uh, is a youth ambassador for the organization. Uh, they uh, work to, to raise money and do research, protect fish habitats, uh, improve water quality, and, 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 and protect the, the fish species that are down throughout the Caribbean. But also, we kind of focus on the Florida Keys. But it's the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. And, and people can find out more about it at the bonefishandtarpontrust.org. And uh, they do great work. It's all research-based. The mission statement is bringing science to the fight. So it's an advocacy group in the conservation arena. Um, But it's all science and research-based. And uh, it's been one of the the most uh, rewarding uh, groups that we've been part of as a family. Well, as you know, Dan, we we don't rehearse these things. And you, you would have no idea that I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Uh, And that is my brother is an incredibly conscientious boat captain in just above Tampa, Crystal River, Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, He spends a great deal of time showing people an amazing day, but he's also, as I mentioned, uh, a conscientious captain. And he provides a day of education on all things protected species with his guests. So uh, any day that I can lead a fantasy day and get out on the water with him, and away from this camera, I do it. Yeah, that's a, and it was actually the fishing guides and the boat captains uh, that really helped us get a lot of things done in the various uh, state legislatures uh, around the country. And so, uh, you know, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust and the Captains for Clean Water, there's several organizations down there, especially in the Florida areas, they did remarkable work. And so I give a thank you to your brother for me. Yeah, we'll do it. And he is a gator. I'm sorry, man. He's a gator. (laughs) Okay. But he's a great dude. So if that counts, that's important. Yeah, my wife's a gator, so she's she's good too. So 
She's good. I tolerate it. In there, are you? Good. Uh, well, listen, what an awesome uh, way to spend 20 minutes, uh, at least of my day. I hope you agree. It was awesome. Good. It's great, Glenn. It's always great to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. You too, sir. Have a great week. And go Knowles. Go Knowles. Go Knowles.